Good to see you guys. I'm uh, glad to yeah, glad to be seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, we uh, uh, we've been uh, working through a whole lot of things at church. Uh, one of those things along the way, I think that you know about, is uh, 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 that we raised money last year uh, for a sound system. You remember that? Uh, it's starting. Uh, we're not we're not done with it, but it's starting. And uh, praise God for that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, whatever for that. Uh, so, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, now we're really going to get blown away. Uh, <laughs> so that's the idea of the sound system is that it helps us to not have to blow you away. Uh, so uh, right now we kind of overcompensate with what we've what we've had. Uh, and we've made do, and, and honestly, I, I think our guys have done a fantastic job at making do, uh, considering we've been running on a, on a, I don't know, five thousand dollar sound system for a long time uh, in a uh, in a situation that really requires a lot more. Uh, but anyway, uh, they started installing this week. They've been waiting forever for some stuff from getting uh, over here from overseas, and you know how that stuff goes these days. So uh, that's been a little bit nuts. But anyway, we're grateful that that's starting. Uh, making, just making quick mention, uh, today uh, we have our golf tournament uh, at uh, the golf course, New Hope, and uh, uh, excited about that. Anybody, anybody joining in with us for that today? Yeah? Nice. Very nice. So if you're not, you're, you're lost. Uh, I'm bringing an AR-15 that launches golf balls. Uh, so, uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, and, uh, and, and you can pay extra money, which goes to the Hope Center, uh, for, uh, to, to shoot your ball on one of the holes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I invested in that for this, for this moment. Uh, and I'm so happy about it too. So, uh, fun testing out this week too. So that was, uh, some great ministry had between me and, uh, Matt Chance, but, uh, Anyway, uh, we, we're excited about that. We're excited about, like, we've had to shut the thing down as far as, like, not being able to take more teams. I, we may be able to take more for lunch. I don't know. They'll probably talk about that stuff later. Uh, but anyway, uh, all the money that's being raised from the tournament uh, is going to the Hope Center. So uh, if, you don't, if you don't know about the Hope Center, the Hope Center is a sober living house uh, that is, uh, it's a, that's a whole ministry, actually. The Hope Center is a whole ministry, and they have many sober living houses. I think they're close to 40, if they're not over that now, uh, kind of all over, but it started in Middle Tennessee, and so we happen to know some of the folks that were help that helped to start it, uh, and are very key in it, uh, and they, you know, we, we basically went to them, kind of studied what they were doing, and that's really a discipleship process that they, uh, uh, have folks going through for a year as they're helping them to get sober, uh, and they work and all the things. And uh, just to be honest with you, I've seen a whole bunch of these things in different uh, states and different places and uh, stages, I should say, in different places. Uh, and uh, what they're doing is just amazing. And so we're super excited to, to be a part of that and to hopefully, well, not hopefully, we are planning on starting a new Hope Center here in this community uh, to help people uh, that will hopefully house 30, 40 different people uh, at a time for that year-long program. So uh, this, is, this is money going to that. When you give to 24, you're giving toward things like that. So uh, just so you know. And uh, 
Uh, yeah, and, and you're also giving to when we have to buy new air conditioning units, which we had to do one of those this week too. So, uh, you know, uh, very, we try to be very transparent with all that stuff. You can always ask questions. Uh, our finance team, they're always glad to help with those kinds of things. Uh, we, we don't hide any of that stuff. So uh, we want people to know what they're giving to and what it's going for. Uh, and hopefully you do see it. Hopefully you're glad to be a part of it. And thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. All right. Let's jump into this. Uh, the Word of Life uh, series that we've been in, First John, uh, which will end up being in then Second John and Third John. Uh, man, we're really close to finishing First John here. Uh, and today, uh, we are in First John chapter 5. And if you've got a Bible and you want to turn there with us, First John chapter 5, uh, we're going to start with verse 6. And uh, uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will be glad to bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them know you need it. And if you don't own one, you can keep it. We would love for you to have it. Consider it a gift. First um, John, uh, you know, this, this uh, the very first part of First John 5, uh, if you... Uh, don't remember, was the passage where in verse 1 and in verse 5, we had some very similar statements, and it was that we believe in Jesus as the Messiah, and then we believe in Jesus as the Son of God. And I may have those backwards, I think I might, but uh, anyway, you know, this, this like both and kind of thing, these, you know, big statements. And, and John is continuing in this letter in the vein of, you know, continuing to drive home who Jesus is. As a matter of fact, if you were to look at 1 John as a whole and you wanted to just like name it something, uh, you know, obviously we've got the Word of Life series thing, you know, but I mean, it, it, could, it could honestly just be who is Jesus? You know, who is Jesus? Because I think John's primary uh, purpose in writing this letter at the time, just as, as God was inspiring him to do so, uh, was to combat so many people uh, that were uh, believing in the person of Jesus or in a person of Jesus or in a whatever they wanted Jesus to be. And that was the problem, was that there was all kinds of people believing all kinds of things that weren't necessarily true about Jesus or they were picking and choosing the pieces uh, along the way of you know what you know what to believe, and so uh, John's really you know he's in, in that moment in time in literal history is kind of combating that you know which is which is a huge thing as we can understand um, you know and and this is in this in in fact this particular you know little segment of the scriptures that we're gonna that we're gonna look at today is really almost kind of a declaration of of John you know just kind of saying this is this is where the authority comes from of who Jesus is and what I'm trying to tell you is that this is from the Lord you know, and, and again, I, I think it's good for us just to be reminded, we talk, we've talked about it in recent days, but it's good for us to be reminded that we're talking about John the Beloved, the disciple who was with Jesus, who Jesus called his beloved, and, and I mean, they were tight. I mean, he's, he's not just one of the twelve, he's one of the inner three, not just that, he is the Beloved. Like, Jesus loves this guy. Apparently, he really loved Jesus. He was faithful in following Christ. Uh, we see this all throughout his ministry. And, uh, you know, this is the guy that, like, when Jesus is going to the cross, he's looking at him from the cross, and he's saying, my mom is your mom. Like, in other words, take care of mom. You know, she's your family, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, just amazing to me, you know, to see and to think, you know, we have the first-hand experience, the first-hand testimony of a guy who spent all that time with 
Jesus himself. And so he's coming at this from, you know, this idea of like, you know, I was there, but I want you to understand it's not just because I was there that I want you to believe me. And that's where he's kind of going uh, with this passage today. Um, he's super concerned about people at that time identifying Jesus as the Son of God, but picking and choosing because people were picking and choosing if they believed for him to be the Messiah or whether or not they believed that he might be fully human or fully God. And, and let me just be clear, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We, the, the, the chosen one that was prophesied through the whole Old Testament, okay? We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is God himself, and that it is through him and only through him that we find salvation, that we find grace, that we find forgiveness. This, is, this was God's plan, that he would send his son to die on the cross on our behalf to take the punishment that our sin deserved, which was death. Jesus took that death for us. And, and so, again, he's just driving this, home, driving this home because he wants people to understand this. And listen, you may, I think for a lot of us who are believers, we take for granted, we're like, oh, well, we, we go to church with a bunch of people that that's, they all believe the same thing. No, they don't. No, they don't. And, I, and I, I can just tell you, I mean, like we've had, I've had conversations this week, last few weeks with people that are just trying to find and understand who is Jesus. We take for granted, for those of us that have known Christ for some length of time, you know, oh, everybody, you know, or everybody in the South believes in Jesus as the Son of God. Listen, it, it's, it's no different than when John was writing this, historically speaking even. And I think that that's important for us. And by the way, if you're seeking who Jesus is right now in your life, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're, that you're listening to the gospel, that you're studying the scriptures. I hope that you're studying the scriptures. I hope you're not listening to just some crazy wacko on the internet or TV or whatever. Go to the word. Go to the word over and over. Check everything that you hear from anybody, including me. Go to the Word. Always go to the Word. So, <clears throat> sorry, soapbox. The, <laughs> the witnesses and testimonies of God just hate people. I, I hate, I hate to see people led astray. I hate to see people led away from the truth, okay? I, 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 love, I love folks and I love the church, and, and that is the last thing uh, that I want to happen in somebody's life. Um, what we have here is we have John coming with witnesses and testimonies of God uh, in this passage of Scripture. It's interesting, I, I, and, I, and I like this. I like the way Danny Aiken puts this in his commentary, uh, and I've read a bunch of commentaries just on this passage this week. Uh, but the way Danny talks about it, Danny's talking about how, you know, when you're going to trial and you might have witnesses to whatever it is that's being talked about in the trial, you want, like, the best expert witnesses, Right. And, and Danny Aiken basically kind of throws it this way of like, you know, what, what John is giving us in this passage are here are the witnesses lined up to go on the stand and here's the plea. You know, so now that's what we're going to study. So let's go ahead and study 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 is where we're starting today, going through verse 12, and here's what it says. It says, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood, 
And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has been born concerning that he is born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I want to pray for this, because I'll just be honest with you. I I have looked at this passage actually for more than a week, and just every time I've looked at it, I've gone, God, I don't feel like I'm going to do this justice. I want to pray right now that he would speak to us. Let's pray together over it. God, we just ask that you would speak through your word. God, speak and show us your truth. Show us what you want us to know. And God, just bless this time that we have with you. God, may it honor you, may it glorify you in every way possible. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. So, 1 John 5, verse 6, the very first part of this, says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the, the Spirit is the truth. So again, we're coming off that passage that I was just talking about a few minutes ago, where, you know, he, he, he's, you know, verses one through five, where uh, one of them, he's talking about Jesus is the Messiah, we believe in Jesus is the Messiah, and then we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, he's saying that Jesus, we believe that Jesus is God, uh, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and, and there's a whole lot of meaning to all of that stuff together, and, and we believe all of that, which is great. Uh, and then he's coming into this, okay? And then he's, and, and so then he says, and this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. There's a lot right there. And, and, and honestly, this, is, this can be a confusing passage for people that maybe just haven't really dug down in it and spent time on it or whatever it may be. But i got to tell you, this is, this is a great passage for us because, again, John is helping us to see the witnesses in which God has sent to help us to understand who Jesus is. So, the water and blood thing. You know, this is, I think this is what Penny was alluding to last week when he said that he'd thought about going on and teaching and he was like, he started reading it and he's like, nah, I'll leave that for Chris. Uh, this is that passage. Uh, so the water and blood thing, you know, it's like, what, is, what in the world is John talking about? What in the world has the Lord given us this for? What is, what is this about? Uh, you know, is, is, this about, is this about a physical birth? Is this talking about Jesus being physically birthed by Mary? Uh, in the very beginning that we, you know, celebrate at Christmas time, uh, little baby Jesus laying in a manger and all that stuff. Is this that? No, it's not. And, and there's been a lot of talk of that. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of talk about a lot of things about what this means. Uh, but, you know, then, then furthermore, is it possibly uh, when Jesus' side was punctured after he died on the cross? And remember what came out? Water and blood. Is it talking about that? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a possibility that it's tied to it, 
I don't think that that's what it's talking about. And then we come to what do we think this is really talking about, and what we really think this is talking about is it's testifying. Uh, it, it's the testimony of God. So imagine God going on the stand, you know, to, to give testimony as to who Jesus is, and how is he going to do that? Well, if we take the water, one of the things that we see uh, in the very beginning of Jesus' ministry is he is baptized. And what happens when Jesus is baptized? Je- Je- did Jesus need to be baptized? I think that's more of a, a of Jesus setting an example for us as believers as something to do. And he says that to John the Baptist. Of course, John the Baptist is you know super humbled. Is like, oh man, you should be baptizing me. What are you doing here? And Jesus is like, no, this is this is right. This is what we should do. And but then there's something that happens at the baptism. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus in that moment, and we see that in a physical form with a dove. Now, the Holy Spirit is not flying around in all the doves out there today, okay? Uh, so, you know, for those of you that might, might go dove hunting sometime, you know, you're not doing anything wrong or whatever. Uh, but, you know, but for us to just kind of have that physical reminder, like the Holy Spirit came, descended on Jesus to be with Jesus, to, to give testimony to this is the Messiah, this is Jesus, okay? And then furthermore, we have the blood. So we've got, you know, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. So he's saying, you know, God didn't just send him to come, have a ministry, be baptized, you know, tell everybody, you know, this is the way, whatever, and then just, you know, go be with the Father. No. All from the get-go, there was planned a death. All from the get-go, there was planned a cross that Jesus would shed His blood for you and for me. And I know we've heard that a thousand times, some of us. But really let that sink in. From the very beginning, when God knew your name in your mother's womb, before that even, He planned that His Son would come and die on a cross to give His life in order that you and I might have life. So, we have the water, the baptism, the blood, the cross, His death, you know, and, and, and again, we have the Spirit. And then He goes on with the Spirit and says, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. So the Holy Spirit does something for us. I don't know if you realize this or not. Uh, the Holy Spirit is what convicts us, what convicts our hearts. If, if you're a believer, if you know truth, you're been, let's just say that you're about to fall into doing something you know you really shouldn't be doing or whatever. And you start to have that feeling. You're like, oh, I shouldn't do this. Uh, you know, and you start the war within yourself, you know, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It won't matter this one time. It's not really hurting anybody, whatever it may be. Listen, that, that feeling inside, that conviction over don't do it, don't go there, comes from the Holy Spirit. That is God himself speaking to our hearts. When Jesus left, and went back to be with the Father after He was crucified, after He rose again, okay? 
And then after, and then right before he's about to go to be with the Father, he looks at the disciples. He says, "I'm I'm sending you a gift." And he is sending exactly what he got at the time of his baptism, which is the Holy Spirit. And so he sends the Holy Spirit to us, and that's God living in us, helping us, guide us, and points us toward truth. And I think that a lot of times we, we forget about that. We forget that like the Holy Spirit is what is actually helping us to understand even God's Word. Not just, not just the moment-to-moment moment of life, you know, trying to, oh, trying to make the good choices or, you know, whatever. We can get so caught up into that. Um, you know, but the, literally, the Holy Spirit is what help, helps guide us to help us to understand God's Word. I've, I've prayed, I can't tell you how many times over this passage of Scripture, and just saying, God, I need you to help me to understand this. Because there's, there's a lot of ins and outs of this. And I've just prayed, God, may your Spirit speak to my heart as I read your Word. May it, may it just be obvious to me what you're trying to say to us and what you want for us. And that's something for all of us to do. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a priest. You know, the, the curtain of the temple was ripped in two. We don't need a priest. You can go straight to the man. Okay? You don't have to come meet with me and... You know, tell me all your well. I mean, I'm glad to hear them, you know. If you want to come tell them, that's fine. And then Scripture tells us to confess our sins, and we do that for one another. And I encourage you to do that as well. Uh, but the truth is, is that we get to go straight to God. And that's an amazing thing for us today. Interestingly enough, all throughout the Old Testament, uh, we see, you know, the charge uh, over and over, and we even see this some in the New Testament, uh, that uh, you know that that every charge must be confirmed by two or three witnesses, you know. And if you're going back to this whole you know you know witness thing, and you know the idea that these are witnesses, you know that we've got the baptism, we've got the cross, we've got uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, we've got these moments and we've got these big things that have happened. That these these in in of themselves are separate separate things that are God Himself testifying. To who Jesus is. And again, you know, John is super concerned that we understand that I don't want you to believe this just because I'm saying it. I want you to believe it because it's truth from the Lord Himself, from the Father Himself. In fact, verse, verse 9 and going through verse 10, it kind of talks about the Father. Let's read that. Verse 9, it says, If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning his son. So verse 9 again, if we receive the testimony of men, he's like, that's great, but the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that has been born concerning his son. And he's referencing what he's just been talking about. He's referencing the, the baptism, the cross, the Holy Spirit, the water, the blood, the spirit. You know, he's referencing these things and saying, this is God giving his greater testimony than any man. Pay attention. Listen to what I'm saying here. And he's saying, if you don't believe me, believe the evidence given by God himself. And then in verse 10, he goes on, he says, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. This is a 
this is a bit of a rattling statement that John's making here. I mean, John's kind of, he's kind of shaking us a little bit. He's like, hey, pay attention. This is, this is super important. He says, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. He's talking about the belief, the understanding of the things. He's just been talking about the water, the baptism, the blood, the cross, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, coming to him and then now coming to us. Uh, he's like, whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has been born, has born concerning his son. So to believe in Jesus as the son of God means God's testimony is in you. To not believe it is saying that you believe God himself is a liar. And who is God? He is truth. So we're basically saying if we don't believe the testimony in which God is given of who Jesus is, then scrap it all. Because he's just a big fat liar. And nothing he's got for us is true. What's your testimony to this? This is the most important question that I can ask you today. What's your testimony to this? What, is, what does this look like in your life? What do you believe? Who do you believe Jesus is? I'll never forget where I was. Panama City Beach. When the Lord helped me to see I wasn't a Christian. That I wasn't a believer. You believe that? I was, on a, I was, on a, I was at a youth camp. As a matter of fact, probably part of the reason why I really felt led toward youth ministry for many years, and uh, just and God used that to bring us to to do twenty four and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, but you know, I, I was in Panama City Beach. Felt like God just like rattled me one night as I was hearing the gospel, and as I was hearing the gospel, and I'd heard the gospel so many times, grown up as a as a preacher's kid, like living at the church, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, and then here we are this one night, and all of a sudden I had this moment where I realized I knew a lot about God. I could speak the language. I called myself a Christian. But the truth is, is I didn't know God. I had never truly believed in Him and trusted in Him and received His grace in my life. I was, I was playing the part. I was, I was an imposter. God helped me to see that day that I needed a Savior. That He loved me. That He wanted to save me despite the fact I'd been faking it or whatever. That God cared enough for me that even still the blood that was shed on the cross was enough even for Somebody like me. For you, your story is probably different. You may have not been at Panama City Beach. Maybe you were in Panama City Beach. I don't know. But either way, at some point along the way, God spoke to your heart, hopefully, and you heard and understood in that moment I need a Savior. I need Jesus. Can't do this alone. Can't be good enough. I, I, I need the blood that was shed on the cross. 
You see, God has given us that as this unbelievable gift. He is not a liar. He is a champion of truth. He wants us to know what truth is. He wants us to trust in Him. He wants to bring us into His family. He wants us to be heirs to the throne. All of the things. And in verse, in verse 11, it goes on here and it says, and this is the testimony. So here he just like comes out with, he's like, here is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. He says, verse 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I mean, this is as good as a treasure map being put in your hand and saying, this is where to go find the gold. I entrust to you all as goonies (laughs) that you can understand me putting a treasure map in your hand and saying, X marks the spot. If you can get to there and get past One-Eyed Willie and whatever's in the way, you too can be rich with the gold. And he says here, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Nowhere else. He doesn't say, it's in your church attendance. It's in how much you give. It's in how much you do for other people. All of that stuff should be byproduct of the fact of who God is in our life. And that the response to who God is is that we want to worship Him. That we want to minister to others. That we want to love others. That we want to give of ourselves. Whatever it may be. God is giving us a gift here to anyone who would believe in Jesus. Life. This life is in Jesus, the Son. The Son of God. God Himself, and whoever has Jesus has eternal life. Whoever doesn't has death, has spiritual death, is a dead man walking. I was a dead man walking leading up to Panama City Beach. Okay? Now, every time any of y'all go to Panama City Beach, y'all gonna be like, this is where this is where the Lord did an amazing thing in Chris's life. Don't, don't look at it as like some road to Emmaus, you know, kind of thing. Okay, I don't, I don't think it was quite that great. But it was great in my life because the Lord saved me. He just happened to do it there. But I was spiritually dead up until that moment. And listen, I think for those of us that are believers, we forget like what that's like. If it's been a while since we received Christ as our Savior, maybe we've forgotten what that's like. But let me remind you, it looks like a little bit like this. Like, the Word doesn't really even make sense a lot of times. Like, we don't, we, we couldn't decipher truth well. Why? Because we didn't know the Lord. We didn't have the Holy Spirit living within us to help us, to guide us in the truth. Now, the Holy Spirit speaks to a lost person's heart. He points them in the direction of truth. But there comes a point where as a person who's never trusted in Jesus that we have have to go, okay, I'm going to make the leap here. I'm going to put my faith in this. I'm going to believe in Jesus and receive His grace. 
And our own pride keeps us from doing this. We go, nah, I'm good. No, you're not. You're bad. <laughs> you're, you're a sinner. That's the point. I am too. Like, I'm not good. You're not good. None of us are good. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We've all been there. We've all had those moments. I don't need to be saved. I, you know, my grandfather was a, was a pastor. You know, I'm a good person. I've been doing lots of good stuff lately. I can tell my life is different these days. And I've been doing lots of good things. Okay, great. And I've said this a million times. How good is good enough? I guarantee you, there is no good enough. If there was, I'd lose every time. I, the day that I go to, to meet the Lord, He'd be like, yeah, you were close, but you did some stuff. Let's go over the list. And I'd be like, oh gosh, okay, sorry. You know. No, I mean, for real, that'd be, that'd be terrible. That'd be a terrible thing for the Lord to like put that on us. Like, we're supposed to be good enough? We can't be good enough. We know better than that. Beauty is that He still loves us. And it says all over Scripture that it's not about our works. That it's in faith, that's our, it's our faith in Christ alone. Christ alone. So we can't boast about it. Don't believe me? Ephesians 2 verse 4 says this. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, by grace, you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Who? In who? In Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's not about how good we are. It is about Jesus and what He did. Jesus says this, John 14. John 14, 6. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So as what we've seen John kind of saying over and over here throughout this passage is this whole, you know, like we can't have the Father and not have the Son. If we have one, we have the other. 1 John 2.23 says this, No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He made to us eternal life. Eternal life. This is the testimony. This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life 
is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Are you trying to figure this out today? Listen, first of all, if you are, I want to say, I I commend you. I know that it's probably not easy uh, when, especially when you probably feel like you're around people that seem to have it all figured out. Let me let me tell you something about us as us for on on behalf of all the Christians, people that are already believers in the room. Let me let me give you a little piece of something here. We do not have it figured out. Okay, we know the guy who does have it figured out, and we we are trying and sometimes failing miserably to trust in him to trust in Jesus to lead us to guide us that the spirit would lead us and guide us in his truth to an understanding of who it is that he's calling us to be in this world so first of all please please know that we love you and we care for you and we are praying that if you are seeking Jesus is your Savior, and whether or not you believe that you're trying to figure that out right, right now or not, listen, we are many years ago in PCB. He might want to do that for you today. If you're online, you're listening, listening to a podcast, whatever it is, and you're also trying to figure that out, again, I commend you that you're in this moment where you probably feel alone and that you probably feel like there's all these other people who believe and have it together. We don't have it together. Yes, we believe. We're trying to follow and do the best that we can. You too, you too can receive the same blessing, the same grace in which we've had in our lives, but it comes through Jesus. I'll read it one more time, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your Son. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your truth. God, I pray that you would guide us, that you would lead us in all the things to help us to understand, Lord, what it looks like to follow you, to trust in you, God, for salvation. God, I pray I pray right now for anyone, Lord, that has never believed in you, that's never trusted in you, God, that's never put their faith in you, to say, Lord, I trust in what you've done in the work of Jesus to be enough. God, I pray, Lord, that they would know what many of the rest of us know. God, I pray, Lord, that you would do a great work in their life today. God, I pray that they would share that with someone today. God, I pray that if they cry out today, be the Lord of my life. Jesus is the Lord of my life. God, I pray that you would hear that prayer today. God, I pray that you would forgive them, welcome them into the family today, as I know you will. God, thank you for doing that in my life. God, I didn't deserve it, and I sure couldn't earn it. And God, what you did was just absolutely amazing. God, thank you for saving me. God, I pray that you would continue to do that work in those around us and the people that you've put in our lives. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be great light to them, that we would show the testimony of who you are and how we live. Lord, use us for your glory. We ask all of these things today in your son's name. Amen.